Hello and welcome to the Around Podcast. I am your host, Will Hunt, and joining me this week is Mike Breton. Hello. Um, no Dave this week. He Last week he decided to make the claim that he was going to Madrid, but he's actually got severe hemorrhoids again this week. <laughs> he can't sit down, he can't speak, even more than usual. But um, he's not joining us this week, so it's only me and Mike. Um, Mike, how are you? Yeah, but still reeling from uh, my earlier defeat at football. Yeah. Do you want to tell every, tell the, uh, the viewers, as Dave would say, about uh, an outrageous goal line clearance for myself? Yeah, I feel, I feel I'm going to have nightmares about this. So, uh, <laughs> we, we, we're playing six aside, so, you know, small goals. Um, so, the corner fizzed in on the floor. Mm. I've lost my man, which is Will. Yeah. I, I've lost him. I wasn't even in your postcode. So it's one. It's one of those where you 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 let it run across you and then f- do the like a flick, uh, like a back flick, I guess. Mm. So Will, because he knows he's lost me, <laughs> decides to drop onto the line. Uh, well, towards the line. So I've I've hit it perfectly. I, I, you don't get that many of these, but I've hit it. I've hit it how I wanted to. <laughs> it's heading goalwards, and Will somehow. I'm still don't know how. Scoops it over the bar. Yeah, your head was firmly in your hands, and to be honest, um, it made a change because for most of the week, my head's been my head's been firmly in my hands. Um, <laughs> as we'll get on to, um, this pod is going to be. Uh, we were going to talk about Barcelona, but as the week sort of went on, we actually had different things that made more sense to talk about. So we are going to talk about the Champions League. We're going to talk about Chelsea Bayern. We're going to talk about. Man City's huge result in Madrid. Um, probably touch on Barca and Juventus's results. A couple of bit of a shock actually, um, and then we'll talk about the weekend Premier League action, which was actually a really good weekend of football. I thought some cracking games on, and then we'll probably um, have a little bit of a preview of the weekend action for you. Um, so let's start with what I think was we all thought was going to be the glamour tie of the round. Um, it's Real Madrid perennial. Yeah, it's my day slip up. Um, perennial champions um, versus Man City, who have, shall we say, a complicated relationship with the competition. Um, Man City won two one. It was quite a turnaround. Sergio Ramos got sent off late. Um, Isco and I want Jesus and De Bruyne with the goals. Yeah. Um, what did you think of it, Mike? It was an, it was certainly a weird game. Very strange. Um... Courtois in the Madrid goal. I know you don't like him. He was really good. But he had a very good game. <clears throat> Made some key saves. Um, that kept it a nil-nil and then probably at one-nil as well. Mm. Um, felt like Madrid were pretty fortunate to be honest to, to take the lead. But it was a not. It was a nice goal. Yeah. That they scored. Well worked. Um, from after Rodri's error. Um, and then yeah, what I mean, what a turnaround. Jesus had missed one. Earlier on, yeah, he one cleared off the line too, uh, and one cleared off the line. But he found the finish um, in that second half, and then obviously got the penalty. Which I think I said a couple of weeks ago, I'd like to see De Bruyne take the penalties. Yeah. Or no, actually, I think I said Aguero. So I'd like to see Edison take the penalties. To be honest, they've been talking about that, haven't I they? I think that'd be, that'd be so interesting because obviously he, I always thought Manuel Neuer could have taken penalties for Bayern. He was unbelievable. Um, anyway, back to game. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting one because, um, and the commentators for BT sort of were going on about it, in that Real Madrid this season have been different. We mentioned last week that they've got the best defence in La Liga and that they're, they've almost changed who they are and their their defence is massive, massively integral to who they are as a club at the moment. Um, and it was a bit weird because... City obviously thought had thought about this, and they came with a slightly weird lineup that was maybe just aimed at containing them. And for the first half, it felt really dull, and there weren't too many great chances. I mean, Benzema had a great chance with a header that was forced a good save from Edison, but it, it felt like yeah. City came with a p- game plan and did a job on them in the first half, and they weren't getting the just rewards. Yeah, it's strange because you never really see City play like that at all ever no. in obviously in the prem they don't need to play like that <clears throat> um guardiola maybe felt like he needed he wanted to just go there mm. and bring it back to the etihad with with his team in, in with the shout it was a bit strange he left mm. out fernandinho who i think is pretty much a linchpin to their midfield yeah he's really uh and sterling now obviously <laughs> you you've got mares Jesus playing off the left. I thought he did all right off the left. I thought he was. I thought he was 
not as great as we know he can, not as electric as we know he can be going forward, but in terms of tracking Carver Howe's run, he was excellent at that and he really did put a shift in. I, I really liked it. I thought it was quite a mature performance from Jesus. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see a bit more of that from him. He was, yeah, I thought he was good. Um, maybe sometimes his finishing lets him down a touch, yeah. but we are comparing him to Aguero, yeah. which is going to be... He's got, he's got <clears throat> great feet. Jesus and that like there was um they had really he had a good chance in the first half forced a really nice save from Courtois yeah. he's up against Rafa Varane who is who's a monster and he sort of he had him backpedaling then all of a sudden he's in he's cut inside and he's got the shot away it was all such a quick snap of movement yeah. and it was really great and I, I was like I was like oh oh um obviously Laporte got injured that's, that's a bit huge, of a huge that is that's a killer we were waiting for him to come back I Hopefully it's not too bad. I I haven't heard anything since no. the game about that. Um, but one thing I, I wanted to mention, you, they, Real Madrid, that lineup to me that doesn't scare you. Doesn't inspire does it? fear. No. A front a front three of Isco, Benzema, and uh, Vinicius, and then the midfield three of Modric, an aging Modric, Casemiro, who feels like he's been around for years, Valverde. Yeah. Well, you watch with their you watch, you watch with their build at play is because they had so little pace on the right. They were going down the left side constantly. It felt like it was v- Vincinius, Vincius, Junior. I'm going to call him Junior. Um, Junior was absolutely, I thought, quite played really well actually. And the game sort of when he went off, it all turned on its head. But him and Ferland Mendy looked like they had a really good relationship over there, and they were really overloading that side. Um, I thought it was. I know Isco scored. You can't play Isco wide against a team of Man City's quality. Pace. You just need that extra little bit of oomph, and I think Gav Bale possibly could have done that for you. I mean, it all went wrong when he came on, but, <laughs> and and I know that. But I just think I felt that they were a bit lopsided, and I know Cas- Casemiro and Valverde are brilliant, but. Modric and Isco, or having the two of them on one side felt a bit redundant to me. There's just no legs there. Yeah. Carvajal obviously is motoring up and down oh, on God, that side. Was... But, yeah. but it would help if he had some support from something uh, over there. Obviously, like you say, the back five or so, best in La Liga, you can see why. That's, mm. a, that's a really good back five. Yeah, really good they are. Uh, obviously, Ramos is sending off... <clears throat> Um, we were talking about this before, so it seems like we have a similar opinion. But um, was it? It was Jesus, was it? Yeah. In on goal. Yeah. Um, you would like to think he'd finish that, so that'd be three away goals if he scores. That's tie over. That is tie over. So Ramos essentially, in my view, has taken one from, from his the team. Hundred percent right done the right thing. As as annoying as it is, but I guess City are the uh, masters of tactical fouls. So <laughs> yes, yes, they are. Um, Sergio Ramos is such a such an odd player because he's so brilliant, but he just is. And that one wasn't his fault, but it was so rat. He's just the fact it's like he's what his twenty sixth red card. Like is mental. That's, That's crazy. A terrible stat. Apparently. Off, off the back of that stat, apparently if you top up the game time he's missed because of the red cards, he's missed uh, an, over an entire uh, regular season in that his career. Is, that is all... Oh. When once, I think it's 42 games once, yeah. uh, once the second leg of this tie, when he misses that, mm. that'll be 42 games he's missed because of red cards. <laughs> I, I just quickly wanted to pick out um, three people um, who I thought I'd really... In- who I thought were really interesting parts of the game. We'll start with Riyad Mahrez. I'm looking at uh, the who scored rating for him, which is 7.6. Uh, I thought he was. I thought some of his decision making wasn't the best last night, and I thought he was particularly wasteful. I think see, it was one of them where I'm like, you sat there and you're going, oh, City going to regret this, and which I think is odd because he's had a really good season. Really good season. Um, and I think I think he's. You could probably talk if probably talk about him for. In the conversation with team of the year in the Premier League, I would say, I think he's he's in he's earned the right to be in that conversation. The second one is, I put in our chat that Kevin De Bruyne's not having his best game, um, because uh, I can't. He remember was what, quiet first. Half. I can't remember what quiet. minute it was in because he was playing almost a false nine, and um, Steve McManaman, who I don't agree with often, was was going. Well, you you want him 
to be in midfield dictating the play and I'm just there nodding along and I just thought I thought to myself he's a bit wasted as Guardiola got his tactics wrong and then all of a sudden he steps up with a great cross for Jesus um, <coughs> and then has the cojones to put in the penalty I thought it was like a really mature proper star player performance from him which is something that especially with Aguero on the you would imagine aging out over the next few years. City, David Silva going. City's new <coughs> talisman. I mean, he's been their best player for a while, but talismanic performances, you don't always get them from your best player. Um, I just wanted to give him a shout-out because I thought he was really impressive. But um, just quickly, did you think it was a foul? The first I was going to bring that up. Uh, mm, no. No. I can see why people are discussing it. I think... I don't think it's a foul. I do think it's a foul in the context of the game. Given that they gave, uh, Vin Mares was in City's own box and uh, Junior came over and like sort of tried to get the ball off him in a bit of a push. And to me, it was very similar to that. And I thought if you're given a foul for one, to not give a foul for the other is slightly odd. Um, Especially when that one leads to a goal. I'm assuming VAR would have looked at it. Yeah, well, VAR did look at it, and yeah. it, it just it was a bit of an odd one. And the um, the very last thing I wanted, yeah, just have a chat. How scary is France's def- defence? Because I was sat there watching Rafa Varane, who is he was the quickest person on the pitch, and he was he was he was pretty good. I thought um, certainly better in the first half than in the second half, but he was pretty good. And then I got to thinking about they've got Ferland Mendy, uh, Laporte. Laporte. <coughs> um, I mean, they've got a terrible keeper Hugo Lloris, <laughs> but then they've got they've got the lad who plays for Bayern, Lucas Hernandez. They've got some umpa um. Meccano for yeah. a place for Leipzig. They, they have a ridiculous really team, all, all in all, but particularly at the back, yeah, the well, centre-halves especially. And that's before you even get to um, Umtiti and uh, Longley for Barcelona. Well, yeah. yeah I, Imagine not mentioning them. In, yeah. Uh, they're, uh, France, they might not even make the squad. In the... Do you know something? France, France will probably do a part about who we think is going to win the Euros. I, I can't think anyone gets close to France's squad on paper. On on paper going in, you've got to see them as the favourites. I I would um, suggest. I mean, when we when we get there, you're probably worth doing the um, the idea of just is in every game will they have the best player unless they're playing Portugal? Because yeah, in, probably Mbappe's probably yeah earned the right to be in that discussion. I, I would just, say so. It was just interesting watching the game and seeing them. I think to myself, oh God, God what how, team good, they have. how good. And we're over here struggling for Maguire or John Stones. Um, actually, <laughs> Options. <laughs> actually, speaking of France, um, Leon beat Juventus 1 0 uh, on a two side goal. Only his second ever um, Champions really? League goal. The first yeah. one, I believe, was against Barcelona. <laughs> so he knows how to pick them. Might as well do it on the big stage. We, you and Dave last week sort of suggested that you thought um, Juventus might get done. Yeah, I, I'm. I still a little. I'm still surprised that they're. Yeah. They go into the second leg a goal behind. Obviously, it's not the end of the world. It's not an away goal. They're going no. back home. Um, whether that tie will even take place with all the coronavirus That's stuff. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, we shall see. I suppose the Napoli Barca game went ahead. Yeah, but I think... Um, but it's around say. Turin, I believe, some of the coronavirus stuff. Anyway, that I would, obviously that's... It had been a pretty boring... I would say the first four games um, in the other game week of the Champions League had pretty much gone to plan. Yeah. Bayern beat Chelsea, which you kind of expected. We'll get on to that, obviously. Napoli-Barca was 1-1. We needed something. I thought, yeah, we needed a bit of a shock. <clears throat> so this was a good one. Um, yeah, I think for some reason I, I feel like I don't know whether it's just me because obviously you said they got to a final, but you feel like they. I before. feel like they get to a stage in the Champions League. Obviously, they get out of the groups, and then they they really just don't play how you'd expect them to play. They're a really interesting prospect, Juve, because when you've been and Juve and Bayern are a really interesting um, comparison because both of them yeah. are so dominant in the domestic leagues that success for them is only really judged on how they do in the Champions League yeah maybe that's my problem but yeah I'm expect I expect a lot more from them and then this is what this is I feel like this is what they do every year yeah I think I think what's interesting is um, under Conte they were f- they were famously bad in the um, Champions League Conte's not 
got a great pedigree in the competition. But um, interestingly enough, uh, the whole Ronaldo signing and the whole Higuain signing before that, the two sort of Galactico people they've gone for, was the idea if we need someone to fire us to a Champions League title. Because um, it's been a long time since they won one. Um, and it's it's sort of not going to plan. And I think because we've all got these expectations of them winning a Champions League, um, we all kind of... It, that's probably why you think that they're underperforming. But I think they certainly are um, not going to win it this year. I just... I, I can't get... I don't like Maurizio Sarri's style of football. I'm, I'm not sure how effective it is because at win, at ultimately winning against the top, top teams. Because it's so, it's so based on drilling patterns into people's heads that I just think it's at some point it's predictable. Like Too rigid. Yeah, too rigid. Pep Guardiola figured him, was, or gives Sarri all these props, has figured him out, and then we got absolutely slapped 6-0. <sighs> um, I just think while they've got Sarri, I think we can almost write off Juve as a potential <clears throat> Champions League winner. Did seem a strange appointment at the time. Yeah. But it was uh, one of them where he's not performing well at Chelsea. <laughs> and then... So, well, he, so well, he gets an upgrade. Well, he didn't it, do too bad. His, his results aren't bad. Funny, funny the enough... The manner was bad. Yeah. yeah. The, I was listening to the Guardian podcast on the way here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Frank Lampard's win percentage for the season is 49%. Sarri's last year... Last season was sixty two percent, and they were saying it wasn't the necessarily the results that were the problem. No, it was the way they were playing. Yeah, I think. Um, let's. Well, you, we use this to segue into a wider Chelsea discussion. Yeah. Then, um, the difference for me between Frank and Sari obviously is. Um, Obviously, I have a blind spot for Frank Lampard. Yeah, so I'm all gonna, Chelsea fans, obviously. I'm going to put my hand up right now and say that Frank Lampard's my favourite ever player. Um, and he's, he's, it, my love for Frank Lampard goes beyond what, how you should love a man. Um, <laughs> well, it's 20, 2018, 2019, 2020, whatever. Um, however, I think there's a massive difference in when I watch Frank Lampard's Chelsea, I get massively frustrated and when I watched Sarri's Chelsea I got massively frustrated but at least with Frank Lampard's Chelsea I know they're building to something long term with Sarri felt like he never embraced the club he never embraced the mentality he never really embraced the fans Um, and the fans certainly didn't embrace him Um, and we had our fair share of absolute trouncings under Sarri we were really good that at the start true. of the season and then we sort of like tailed off and the, the football just became depressing to watch and I think what really what really killed him almost at the club was Callum Hudson-Odoi got a England call up and they asked him in a press conference how much of it did you watch and he said I turned it on for like 10 minutes or something he needs to get better in the defensive phase and I'm like no you don't get it like and Frank if and when a we had a couple of England debuts earlier in the season. They asked Frank about it, and Frank watched all the games, and he's like, I'm so proud of them. And it's like, for us, it's a, it's about setting a new culture. It's about bringing through the next spine of Chelsea players. Because, make no mistake, look at that squad that played Bayern. And look even further than that, look at the squad that played Tottenham at the weekend. It's, they're quite frankly not good enough. Like, um, top, it was Caballero in goal. Who is not good enough to be Chelsea's keeper? No, but like like I said last week, he's yeah. trying to get Kepper out, so yeah. he's going to have to stick with that. He, he did make some good saves. In he this did, game. he did, and I thought he was actually okay. Um, but he's not. But yeah, he's, he's not good it's enough. It's got Azpilicueta, who's been a fantastic servant to the club, one of my favourite players over the last decade. I've loved watching him for um, yeah, for years. We, as me well. and you, me and you, have, we've gone from Ivanovic to Azpilicueta. Yeah, pretty much two, two Chelsea right backs that I know me and you both loved. Yeah, I loved them both. Um, and that, I look at that back. I look at that back three now of him, and I think Azpilicueta's legs have started to go, and I think we're probably going to see him phased out over the next couple of months. I look at Christensen. I think he's back to moving towards his best. I'd like to see him and Tamori play a bit more because I think they're both young lads that could do with a bit more game time to learn. Because they, I think they could be a potentially good partnership. Um, there's Rudiger, who I think is fine. I don't think he's particularly good. I think he was particularly poor against Bayern, I thought. 
Um, Alonso's not good enough to play for Chelsea. Alonso's not good enough to play in the Champions League. I don't understand it. I, um, there's yeah. cover. <coughs> I mean, while we're talking about Alonso, the red card. Definite red. Yeah, yeah. You can't swing out a man like that. Oh no. Yeah, it was. It was. My dad called it immediately when he was watching it. Um, it's totally ridiculous. Mateo Kovacic is brilliant. Uh, I'd like to see him in a Chelsea team he is permanently. He's absolute mustard. He's been fantastic all season. Jorginho, personally for me, I I don't particularly like him. However, I still think he's a good player. I'm a bit worried about his mobility, but and then I looked at the front three of Mount, Barkley, and Giroud. Mason Mount's probably gonna play for Chelsea for a while, and You'd he's a young so. lad. Um, Barkley and Giroud aren't. Good. Barkley's definitely not good enough and Giroud's past his prime. So how many of the starting 11 is that? We, Frank Lampard's got a massive rebuilding job on his hands and they're going to have to spend some money. And when you talk about Sari versus Lampard, and I know people keep overplaying this, Lampard's had to do for most of the season without Kante, their best player. And he's also lost Hazard, who was the best player in the Premier League for the last like, however many years. That is... Unbelievable! That's an unbelievable loss. When particularly when you consider that Chelsea's entire attacking style was based around give Eden Hazard the ball and get out of the way. Yeah, pretty much. So still fourth. Yeah, in when the you Prem, obviously when you talk um, about the job he's doing, obviously there's clear things where they need to get better. They've lost way too many games. The home form's atrocious. They're conceding too many goals, and the goals going the other way have dried up a bit. But the style they're playing is attractive. It's getting the young lads involved. If their finishing was better, they'd be much better off because they, the when you should have scored a lot more. When you look at the XG, Um, the mighty XG. Yeah, which game we probably need to talk about both the Chelsea games. Which one do you want to start with? We might as well get Bayern out of the way. So, oh god, (laughs) so you can at least be uh, a bit more happy. Yeah. (laughs) Did you watch it? Uh, I actually didn't watch it, but I. Have seen fairly extensive highlights and listened to some people talk about it, um, and I'd inter- it, it went as you expected, yeah. essentially. Yeah, people kept asking me all week, um, uh, "How do you think you'll be able to get a result?" And I kept saying, and it was not even tongue in cheek. I kept saying, "All I'm after is for us not to play bad," and I what's really terrifying is. I didn't think Chelsea played that bad. I don't... You, I, from what I've heard and read and watched, I don't know what you could have done No. about that. No, I think when I watched them, it was... My boss actually put it really well. Um, he said, was it men versus boys? And I said... And I was just like, that is a perfect way of describing it. You had a team in Bayern Munich's case full of World Cup winning, Champions League winning, absolute top of their game quality players. And at Chelsea, on Chelsea's side, you had a, a very mixed bag, including players who are at the end of their sort of life cycles as a top player. And they just battered us all over the park. I, I don't think... I'm looking at the, the ratings here, and it says Thomas Muller got a 7.7 on who scored. I don't know how. He was magnificent. He, magnificent. He has been fantastic for years. He's so good. He's, he's got a, he's just, he's just so clever. It's, I don't. There's very few people in world football better at just finding space and knowing how to make use of space than Thomas Muller. He is fantastic. It, if it, it feels like he's been around for so long, he should be about forty-five. He, he could be the Bayern manager for all I know. He's actually thirty. <laughs> I, just, I just can't believe he's only thirty. So he's still probably got another four years. At least at the top, yeah. probably the way he is. Yeah, probably another four or five years. It was it was incredible. Quite, it was quite an interesting game because Bayern weren't perfect. Chelsea did have a few chances. They're, um, they're but, definitely not amazing defensively, are they? But, no. I mean, when you've got Lewandowski, who's, I think <clears throat> I think he scored thirty nine this season. Yeah. Which is just ridiculous. I've I've never heard of anything like that, and I think it was ten in five in the Champions mm. League before this game. And then obviously Gnabry just loves playing in, loves London. Playing in London. So that's that's uh, four for him at Spurs and two at Chelsea this season. So it, he's ripping it up. 
it was, I mean, the only thing, the only criticism you would say for Lampard is I think he probably got it tactically wrong. Um, they were, the fullbacks were having a field day. Yeah. And no one was really going with them. And we were also sort of outnumbered in midfield, it felt like. I thought Thiago was, was excellent. Yeah, he had a um, cracking game. Uh, I think Robert Lewandowski, he he made the headlines because he, uh, he got the goal and the two assists very unselfishly. It was a clever ball for... He was really good. Yeah, for um, one of Naby's ones. But I, it was one of them where sometimes after games, and I saw a lot of Chelsea fans were saying, oh, this is, we're conditioned to now accept failure. And it was well, not that. It was just sometimes you have to recognise that you, you meet a team in the wrong part of your life cycle. And this Chelsea team is not a Champions League team. Like, this is the <coughs> result you expect them to get. I, I think it, yeah, I have, I will say probably what Chelsea fans don't want to hear, but you were probably about to say they sh- would much rather have had, been in the Europa League and had a shot at winning that, probably. Yeah, uh, I mean... Which I think you would have had a shot at winning that, but you run into Bayern and they're mm, just so much better. I, th- I think what's really important in this season is for a lot of these lads who you're hoping that are going to be players in Chelsea... Um, top Chelsea players for a long time, hopefully playing in the Champions League. And for Frank Lampard himself, this is going to be a real learning curve for them. They're going to, they're not going to want this to happen again. And sometimes you see, you see it in teams, they have to go through the bad times to learn and become the good, and have the good times happen for them again. And I think the Champions League this season has been a bit of a baptism of fire at times. I mean, every, every Chelsea game in it has been utter chaos, to be honest, so far. Um, and it was just a bit of a it was just a bit like it was deflating to be honest because it was like we're not it's not like it's not like we made seven or eight horror defensive mistakes and they just capitalised it was just they were better than us on every single aspect and Thomas Muller and Lewandowski and with pace on either side of them I I can see them doing really well this season as a team I th- I would definitely say they're up there and have been the favourites for the Champions League they can just play in so many different ways can, they control the te- they can control the tempo they can counter attack you They've, Manuel Neuer is not as good as he was he's still a very good keeper they've got a cracking left back and they've got options across the back line oh, I love Kimmich yeah Kimmich is an absolute shithouse <coughs> but he's great he's watch. class they're, I think they've got a real chance of winning the uh, the Champions League. Yeah, I'm. I think, over two legs, I feel like they can beat anyone. I think they're going to win it. I can't see a team better than them. I know Liverpool. Um, other than Liverpool, I think it, it's between them and Liverpool. Quite frankly, in my eyes, I just think I think Lewandowski's having one of those seasons. Oh, I'd love to see like a City Bayern <clears throat> semi or something. That'd be or yeah, even Liverpool Bayern. I'd love to see a City Bayern final. Yeah, or a City Bayern final. Simply be because brilliant, could you it? imagine if City won the Champions League against Bayern? Yeah, no, but more just if they're going to get banned next year, UEFA is telling them they can't defend their title. Oh, that'd be delicious, wouldn't it? Apparently, if they draw out the proceedings long enough to like June yeah. or something and uh, no decision's been made then they get to be in it next year which is really bizarre for the team that are fifth because then you, yeah, don't, yeah. you don't know till really late whether you're in like that, but so if you're City's lawyers I'd be looking to draw it out as long as you can oh, yeah. which I, I assume is the plan anyway but but yeah um Chelsea are out, unfortunately. It hasn't been a particularly good round for the English teams, apart no. from City. Um, well, I think we all... I know me and Dave picked against them, but you would expect Liverpool at Anfield to, um, to get through there. I think they will, yeah. I think Chelsea and Tottenham... I think Chelsea and Tottenham have got... They've got injuries at the wrong time, and they've just come... I think for Chelsea have come up against a team who totally outclassed them, and Tottenham have got their injuries at the wrong time. I'd I'd be really interested if Tottenham had uh, Harry Kane and Son fit to see. It'd be a hell of a game, do. wouldn't it? Hell of a game. Um, speaking of Tottenham and Chelsea, they played again football at the weekend. And last week uh, on this pod, we said that um, the Chelsea Tottenham game was Chelsea's biggest game of the season after they lost to Man United because they've been on a they've been on a bit of a downward spiral um, over the last few months. Uh, it's a big it's a big London rival. You're at home. You need to win. They're 
creeping up on you and um, Chelsea got injuries to all of their best wing players they lost they lost Kante on the Monday night it was set up to be a a bit of a disaster wasn't it um, yeah yeah this really could have gone wrong yeah it could have gone horribly wrong and luckily Spurs also had a few injury problems however I must admit and I don't know if what you think about this when I looked at the teams I thought to myself Spurs have got a far stronger side here than Chelsea do. Yeah, this uh, I guess this is what you get from Chelsea at the moment. This is their team right now, mm. while Abraham's not quite fit. Um, or Pulisic or Hudson. Pulisic, Hudson Odoi, Loftus Cheek are, yeah. are not playing. Um, there's no. Uh, what's the other centre back you were talking about Tamori yeah. he's not there either so you, yeah you're, you're looking pretty similar to the Champions League Caballero Aspie Christensen Rudiger at the back mm. <clears throat> well kind of five slash three at the back I think it was exactly the same I think yeah, yeah pretty much exactly the same actually by the looks of it it was exactly the yeah. same he brought in Giroud and I think Barkley for this game mm-hmm. which worked in the Spurs game not so much in the Bayern no. game no. Um, but Spurs were terrible again I've I just hate this. It felt like one of the games where Mourinho sending a message with his, with his team selection. But to be honest, again, Chelsea were really good. Really good in this one. Um, almost uh, they know how to play Spurs. Um, well, this incarnation of Spurs. Um, I thought Giroud, for a guy who has been sitting on the bench most of the season, was absolutely fantastic. He ran, he held up the ball well. Um, he was getting in behind, which is crazy that Olivier Giroud's getting in behind. He took his goal really nicely. Um, <clears throat> he he was brilliant, I thought. Linked up really well. And to be honest, I thought him and Mount played off each other really well. Yes, yeah, it's, it's another one. I, I wanted to see Giroud get a chance. Mm. He did get a chance. Luckily, he proved me right and scored in that game. He was mm. pretty dreadful against Bayern. He, to be honest, it um, wasn't his game. But that was, I don't think that was really yeah a game suited to him. Um Mount obviously looks pretty good. I thought he was. I'm looking at the who scored right. It's six point three. Yeah, other than Rudiger, I he's thought, got the lowest of any Chelsea I player here. He was really good. Like he pressed a bit harsh everything. To me. Pressed everything. He won everything. He he did superb on the ball. Actually, I'm a bit surprised at that. Um, but I just Alonso. I feel like I've seen that goal from Marcus Alonso yeah, oh, like countless times. Twenty times. Here's the thing about Marcus Alonso. And you're gonna to have to stick with me here. Um, he, you remember how Man United used to win league titles without beating anyone good. He is exactly that. Marcus Alonso will can win you enough games in the Premier League that you'll be good, but against the top teams you're gonna get spanked. <laughs> and I know he scored against Tottenham and he played well here, but he, he's just. What he gives you isn't as much as what he takes away. So even when he has a good game, any time a winger comes up against him, you think to yourself, oh no, not again. <laughs> I just, oh, I don't particularly like him. No, but, we know that. <laughs> he's better than Emerson, though. Uh, yes, what that, I, that's definitely true. <laughs> what I really did like um, about that Chelsea team was the fact that it was, and it sounds like such an English cliche to be like passion, but it was passion. It was, we've we've got a huge game today. Um, we need a result. Local rivals. These are the type of games that you make your career on at a football club, and this is a huge win for Frank as well. Huge win. Like it keeps the pressure off. They're now a bit. What was it four points clear? Three, three clear United. Three clear uh, United. Might be- yeah, they're four clear of Spurs. So four clear of Spurs. That was a big swing Yeah. Um, in Chelsea's favour in the top four race. Yeah, um, yeah well, interesting. Fra- I think Frank's beat Jose both times they've played this well, season. Both times this season. Um, he's 3-0 and against Jose in his entire career because Derby beat him as well. Um, That's right, of, yeah. Of course, Jose would um, perhaps also rightly say, uh, I've lost, I haven't got a striker. I've lost Harry Kane, I've lost Son. Um, he's set up in a way where there was never any intention to win the game, which, to be honest, I actually think in a race for a top four or when you're going away to a rival, I think that does make sense when you're missing some of your big players. But 
it was just like there wasn't even a slight they were pumping balls long and they didn't even they didn't play till the second one had gone in it was it was dire I, I, I think Chelsea took their foot off the gas a bit yeah. after the second one went in so kind of let kind of let them back into the game but uh, you've got to come up with something better than this <laughs> <laughs> I know it's kind of irrelevant but he's he's joint highest paid manager in the league and this is what he's coming up with yeah when he i know he hasn't got kane and he hasn't got son but he's got to come up i mean seriously they this is all they're doing now just sitting yeah. there and pumping it along to lucas or or bergwine and expecting them to make it stick somehow and the thing is bergwine created a really good chance for lucas yeah, i really like bergwine i, I think, think he's, he's a cracking player i think player, he's going to be a real player but what's he supposed to do on his own yeah. they to me, um, I think that we, when we talk about the race of the top four, we're talking about a bit of a shootout between them. Um, Loads of terrible uh, teams. Well, I think United and Chelsea, you'd say it's a bit of a shootout between them. Um, interestingly enough, I think Tottenham have, Tottenham have gained massively since, I know, since Mourinho's um, appointment. However, yeah, which is wild. However, I think that's more to do with the fact that Chelsea have been so poor. And they've had a tough Yeah, Chelsea's dropped a lot of points. Yeah. Uh, which has brought Man U back in it as well. Rather than Spurs actually be good. Well, they did pick up some points when he first came in, and they mm. seem to. Ta- I think they've tailed off a bit too re- as of recent, since the injuries. Yeah. I'm not surprised I'd be tired and bored playing like that. <laughs> Shocking. Um, quickly before we move on, uh, it's time for our weekly uh, <laughs> referees are terrible. Yeah, uh, I don't know who it was this week. Oh, it was Michael Oliver, who is actually a good referee. No, I like Michael Oliver. Michael Oliver's the best referee. I mean, it's the best of a bad bunch, but he's the best referee <laughs> in the league. However, his insistence on not checking the monitor is ridiculous. That Lo Celso stamp on Aspilicueta, which was a red card any day of the week. 100%. And when I, to be fair, when I first saw it in normal time, I'm like, oh, he's got nowhere to put his foot. And then when I watched it again, I'm like, Ooh, that's naughty. And then the more you watched it, and I don't for the life of me understand how you can see the angles that we saw as a qualified professional referee and not give a red there. No, I haven't got a clue. I have no idea how, how that slipped through the net. They are, I know they've apologised as it was human error. They apologised mid-game. Yeah, but, that also is strange. But I, that doesn't is, help anyone. The thing is, it doesn't help. It didn't help Chelsea then and there because Lo a good player. Yeah, I think he had the... According to who scored, he was Spurs best. Yeah, he was. Spurs he could have gone player. off a couple of. T- he could have actually gone off a couple of times though, because he uh, there was also a, <clears throat> he nibbly tackles and stuff, and he was already on a yellow. And I thought to myself, "Well, you're very lucky to be on the pitch." Um, but anyway, I I think probably ought to move on from talking about Chelsea Spurs there. Um, however, other than to say that it was a great game, and I hope Tottenham Hotspur uh, sink and get relegated. <laughs> um, let's move to I think. The actual, what well, I would say, probably the best game of the weekend, um, and it was the Sunday kickoff of Arsenal versus Everton. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's hard to argue with that five goals. Yeah, um, three two in Ketia and Al Bamiang times two, and Dominic Calvert Lewin and Richarlison on the other side. It's freaking Calvert Lewin again, man. Lewin, right. Let's start off. Was it a foul? The Calvert-Lewin. Was it a high foot? Nah, no chance. You see, that's interesting you say that because I've had a lot of people ask, a lot of people say, I think it's a high foot. Really? Yeah. Who? I, well, two Arsenal fans. Oh, come on. <laughs> but um, Sooness was saying it as well. I, I oh, think... Give it a rest, Graham. Personally, I don't think it is. However, it's one of them where I've seen a given. What, what else would you like him to do? Well, I, don't, I, don't, I can't understand that. Okay. Sometimes a defender has to put his head where it hurts. Yeah. But I mean, you watch. That would have been one of those times. You watch defenders now stoop to head it as people are going to kick it. Yeah. Well, if that's a high foot, you would never, ever score an, an overhead kick, kick ever. Okay. Anyway, it's a crack. In, in my view, anyway. It was a fantastic crack bit of, of improvisation. For Amazing, well. really. Um, they took the lead, but it was one of them where you never felt Everton were going to win this game. For, for me, at least, I never thought Everton were going to win. Um, they've been really good since we slated them on the podcast. Um, as yes, per. they have. <laughs> um, however... I'm sure they were listening. However, Arsenal have also been really good. Well, actually, I think both managers were appointed the 
in the week before these two played the other fixture against each other yeah. and it was a horror I think it was a oh, nil nil or a one yeah, one yeah. and they were dreadful and they must have been sat in the stands like what am I in <laughs> what for here? but um, yeah like you say both teams have uh, definitely turned the corner they're far far better than the sides we saw that day um, yeah so, Everton never quite looked like they had the game under control so let's talk through the goals um, the Inketi's goal was an absolutely stunning ball from Saka um, fantastic he's quietly got I think 10 plus assists in all comps this season has he? playing left back wow. left wing back and Lacazette called him the best young player in the league and he's not including Trent in that I think because Trent we now don't even think as young we think is just world class yeah um, is there a case to be made that he's the best personally I don't even think he's the best at Arsenal he could be. Uh, he could also. He is English, right? I don't know. I think he might be. If he, in which case, he might be in line for. Um, yeah, born in England. Um, he might be in line for an England call up at some point because we're, England are not particularly strong at left back. No, I'm not blessed there. However, I'm. <clears throat> I'm not convinced. By him as a defender. Yeah. I think what, what's really interesting is... That is the new breed of fullback. Yeah, I know, I know. As much as it annoys me. Um, I think what's really interesting is a bit of a tactical switch from Emery, Emery as well. Um, we, Arteta. Oh, Arteta. Oh, the reason I'm thinking of Emery is... You remember when Emery used to play Xhaka at left-back? And we all ridiculed him. Yeah. Well, now when Xhaka, when Saka plays and Saka's always bombing forward, Xhaka covers that left-back space. And it's also... Clearly defined role for Xhaka, which is performing fairly well. Um, and it frees up Saka to go forward. It's a really clever bit of um, decision-making from Arteta. And it's sort of in keeping with his Arsenal, his Arsenal managerial career so far. Because I think Arteta's been really impressive. Really good. Yeah, I, I, can't, I kind of expected him to do well. Mm. Uh, and be Obviously, learning from Pep, he's going to be pretty astute. Um, <coughs> Can't coach his fullbacks, but no, yeah, well, that that seems to continue. But uh, <laughs> if not, move your centre midfield to left back. <laughs> yeah, and like um, Pep did with Delph. Oh God, yeah. Man City have had some left back. <laughs> yeah, the season where it was Delph Zinchenko. Yeah. God, what a, Zinchenko was a right winger at one point. Oh, terrible. Um, and but Inketi back from Leeds didn't really get the rub of the mustard there because of Bamford Island. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough. Starting the game over Lacazette, whose form has tailed off. Yeah, he's what, definitely fallen out of favour. What, what do you think of Inketia? I quite like him. Yeah. Uh, I had a football manager save and he was pretty good on there. So, so that always helps. <coughs> um, it was it was quite a smart finish, this one. Yeah. He looks like a talent. I'm surprised, a bit surprised Bielsa didn't fancy him at Leeds. So I'm, I'm not sure what that was all about. But yeah, maybe it's just... Uh, the big man Bamford keeping him out of the team. Um, I think he could turn into a player in Katia, yeah, definitely. They've got a few good youngsters over at Arsenal, uh, it must be said. Um, second goal, obviously, you had a cracking ball from David Luiz. Yes. Um, we've oh, all, we've all kind of knew he was capable of that, and it was. I just, I just want to say, uh, Gary Neville said it on commentary, but it really was like watching a ghost. Of Thierry Henry, because <laughs> yeah. the way Aubameyang ran onto that ball and almost glided across it, and then put it in on his right, it was such a beautiful goal. Tell you what, he could have squared that, and if he'd have missed it and not oh, squared yeah. it, oh, oh yeah. my word! But, however, but when, you never felt like he was going to miss no, it. Still, and a striker on top of his confidence, you want him to take. That, yeah, to yeah, be yeah. You want a team to take that, and his second was a quite a nice header as well. And it's he's he's quite a good player, Aubameyang. In terms of, he's obviously a supreme finisher, but the worry has always been with him at Arsenal is that perhaps he's not as his all around game lacks a bit. And when Arteta originally put him out to the left, I was a bit worried about it. When well, I think it might have happened to Emery as well, I was a bit worried about it, and I still am a little worried about him out there as opposed to playing up top. I think I'm just not sure you get as much from him in the build up section of the play. However. It's working. 
Yeah, I'd like to see him through the middle. I think that's where he's best. I mean, he's likely to score most, mm. the most goals from there. But clearly Arteta's seen something and also wants to give Nketiah a run, which says a lot about mm. Nketiah as well. Um, we obviously don't see him in training necessarily all the time, but mm. there must be something in there. Yeah. Um, you wanted to give a shout-out to Bert Leno. I get, yeah. He made a cracking save from Calvert-Lewin. Uh, I think it was at 3-2, or maybe 2-2. Two, two. Um, yeah. It was a fantastic save. And he's, in general, and I know he made a mistake earlier. In the game. A couple of weeks ago and earlier in the game, but... He, in general, I think, has been really good for Arsenal. Um, tough first season. He did have a tough first season, but I think he's definitely settled down and become the keeper that we kind of expected him to be. Maybe even slightly better. Um, All right. Yeah. Looking time-wise, I think we'll probably talk about one more game. Um, I'm going to give you the choice. Do you want to talk about Liverpool-West Ham? Or do you want to talk about Man United Watford so you can talk about Bruno Fernandes? Maybe I'll save that because he, <laughs> he just keeps doing it. He's, he's, he's done it again tonight. He is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, do you God. know what? Let's talk about him because it was a, it was a quite a... You watched Man United Watford and I, I must admit I only saw the highlights but all season United feel like they've been absolutely crying out for a a leader and creativity and the sort of thing that you wanted from Paul Pogba. Um, and I think in Fernandes, um, we sort of said when he signed that we were a bit... I said I was a bit worried about some of his in, inefficient things. And you do see some of that in his game, some of these long shots that he has no right taking. Um, but he's so clever and he's such a willing runner. You saw it in the way he, he won the penalty and then dusted himself off and he's like, I'm having this, I'm doing it. Um, I, really I, like I love that. Yeah. By the way, I thought you would. <clears throat> yeah, made the penalty and then stood up at Old Trafford and was like, "Nah, nah, I'm having it." Give and then, me. And then did his little stutter. Yeah. Sent I mean, Foster the wrong way. Thanks very much. He takes pens like Jorginho. Which, it seems to work. About, yeah. Apparently, it works. Right. It, let me tell you now. It's going to terrify you for the rest of your life. No, I'm it sure terrifies it me. Uh, he did it again this evening. Yeah. Uh, and did score again. In case anyone didn't know, we we uh, beat Bruger. Bruger. Which is apparently how you're supposed to say it. But yeah, he I, I think Fernandez makes a totally different prospect as a team. He's so clever, so calm on the ball. Like you say, and there are a few things that are going to annoy me, like his taking ridiculous pot shots. Um, but he makes things happen. He makes us a much better team to watch because you yeah. feel like Martial's in the game a lot more. Yeah, he's that link. He is exactly what I thought, well, what everyone thought, I think, Pogba was going to do. Mm. And I know it's early days and hopefully we're not going to put too much pressure on him. Mm. But it finally looks like maybe we found that guy mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm... we can ship Pogba out. Because <laughs> uh, you've got the beginnings of a very nice midfield there. Um, you've got a creative player in Fernandez who, let's be honest, he's going to get you goals and assists. If he's getting you, if he can get you ten ish, bit maybe more goals from midfield a season, that makes a massive difference. Oh on yeah, where that's you are. huge. Takes um, a lot of pressure off Rashford and Martial and yeah, maybe Greenwood. Yeah, um, because what's really interesting, I think, is Fred's turned into a really good player. We talked about him last week on the pod. Missing a third player almost, and yeah, could maybe do with another. I know a lot of people like McTominay. I'm not. I'm not hundred percent. Especially now, Fred started playing a lot better. Maybe we can look for someone else in there. Someone with a bit of steel and a bit of quality, I think, is what's needed. Which yeah, is that'd be lovely. Obviously. If I could f- find a Kovacic, that'd be... Oh, yeah, if you could... Cool. tell you what. You know, Chelsea got him for 40 million. Yeah, that's a bit of a steal, that. 40 million. He... Oh, when we talk about... When we come to our end-of-the-season pot awards, um, you're going to have to hold me down to stop me from giving player of the year to Mateo Kovacic. <laughs> um, I quickly want to touch on a few... On two... One young talent and one talent who I always think is young for United. Martial. Um, I've always been a bit of a naysayer about Martial. I always think his reputation has been better than what he is. However, he's over the last couple of weeks, he's been, he's been really, really good. And some of the goals he's scoring are outrageous. He scored that great header against Chelsea. And then at the yeah, weekend, that, was brilliant, that chip. I'm... <laughs> 
Do you know who that was? Thierry Henry. That's who that was. Yeah, that, that's twice in a <laughs> twice in a pod there. But um, I he he had no right to do that. To Ben Foster as well. Yeah, to Ben Foster, oh. I who I thought had the angles right. I yeah. think everyone thought he had the angles yeah. right, including the Watford defenders who didn't bother to go on the line behind yeah. him because they thought there was no way he could stick it past him. And still, he managed to find on the second attempt managed to find it. Oh, I have no idea how he did that. Martial has an arrogance to his game, which I love. I absolutely, I, like. I think it's. I feel, I feel like you need it. I think he's bit. he's going to be really a really good player, and I'm him and Rashford as a pair. I think it's lethal. It's going to absolutely wreck teams. And now they've got that creativity with Fernandez behind them. Well, now hopefully we can actually find them. Yeah. <laughs> next, next season's going to be absolutely huge for United in terms of that from those three players playing together. And if you can almost, if you were to buy Jaden Sancho, that is a frightening attack, and you probably yeah, that's pretty scary. You're probably like a couple of, you're probably like two signings away from being a really competitive team in the league. Personally, I don't think the manager's right. However, I think you're a couple of signs away. It's exciting. <clears throat> All of a sudden, from like a really dull and dreary Man United scene, you've got really exciting uh, times coming. I, I didn't particularly like watching us, and now Fernandez is in. Yeah. Like I say, we're a t- totally different team. Yeah. But it's it is very. We keep. I keep. I talked about earlier in the pod. It's the Eden Hazard effect on the team. When Eden Hazard was at Chelsea, if Eden Hazard wasn't playing, you were like, "This is going to be a bit, a bit of a dull one." But when he played, he just lit up the thing. He made everyone else absolutely pop. And Fernandez has not the same type of play, but he has that same quality of making everyone <clears throat> else pop. Yeah. Um, do you want to quickly talk about? You love Mason Greenwood. Oh, what a boy. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps scoring goals. That's all you want. He, he hasn't had that much game time, and I feel like he's... I don't know his exact stats, but he's definitely scored a few. Yeah. Um, looks like he's going to be a hell of a talent going forward. Uh, it'd be nice to see a little bit more from... Um, get a little bit more time on the pitch, but obviously... Um, top four race... It's getting serious now. It is. It is. Um, I think, I'd, without looking at the strength of schedule, I think it's too close to predict. I, In my head, Chelsea end the season playing Liverpool and they've got to play Man City again. However, I think that's all of what you'd say the, the top six teams in the league left to play. We have just got Spurs and United out of the way. Yeah. So that's... That's a start. Yeah. So I'd I'd be interested. I, I I think it's actually, despite it being teams that are in transitions and not as good, I think it's a really interesting um, run up, and it it's it's making up for what could only be described as a, a slightly less than interesting title race. Yeah, the title's obviously gone, but uh... yeah. so in terms of playing teams, Chelsea got. I looking at Chelsea's fixtures, the hard ones I can see are they've got Man City at home. Um, They've got Sheffield United away, and they've got Liverpool away, and they've got Wolves at home. Everton at home, maybe. Um, Everton at home, maybe. Yes, that's a bit of a tough one. Um, but th- there's points there for them. Uh, Things gonna be interesting. They need the players back fit desperately. They really do. Um, I mean, taking a look at United's fixtures, what are you seeing there that particularly stands out as being horror ones? Because I. Oh, I think you've got yeah, a, we've got a bit of a run one. coming up here. Everton away, then City at home, then Spurs away, and then Sheffield United at home. So that's a tough run of games. But then after that, Leicester's Brighton, one, Bournemouth, really. Villa, Southampton, Palace, West Ham. Yeah, Leicester, Leicester on the last day. Yeah. But you guys have got Wolves. Yeah. Cool. It's, it's going to be a running and a half. It's going to be really. It's going to be really good and interesting. I'd, I'd say you've maybe got the edge fixture wise, but that's gonna not probably not going to mean much. <clears throat> no, and um, Chelsea desperately needs some players back fit. Pulisic has been a big miss, but I'm actually really excited. I think it's going to be two young teams who are going through a transition, fighting out for four. That's exactly what you want. Um, what would be lovely is if. Uh, Leicester absolutely capped the bed, wouldn't it? <laughs> Get them out of there. Um, let's go through the games at the weekend, Mike. And me and you this week are going to play a game, which is we're going to make predictions and we're sort of going to come up against each other. We're going to go scores and um, who we think is going to win, what the score will be. And we'll come back next week and we'll see who uh, who predicted best. And uh, 
we'll yeah, be sharing, not going to be me. <laughs> we'll be sharing them on Twitter as well. Um, so if people listeners at home want to play along and send us your predictions, that'd be absolutely great. And Michael probably reply to you, not me. Yeah, <laughs> help me out with my Super Six, will you? <laughs> um, so let's start with what I think it's probably going to be a banker in Norwich versus Leicester. Yeah. Um, Who have you got, Mike? Uh, 3-1 Leicester. 3-1 Leicester, why? I just think they're way better. <laughs> yeah. Nor- Norwich, uh, obviously pretty leaky. They're, they're going to play their usual um, fairly attacking style. I still see them scoring, just because I think they're decent enough to score. Um, but Leicester are, will have too much for them, basically. Yeah, I um, I agree that Leicester are going to win. I don't think Norwich will score. I think quietly Leicester have sort of dropped off a bit defensively, but on when they're on their game, they're absolutely top draw at a, a top draw defensive team. And I think Norwich couldn't defend anything. They they're just like. They're like watching when they when they don't have the ball. It's like watching someone's taken a big pit, big um jug of water and poured it into a colander, and there's just <laughs> holes everywhere, and you just they don't know what oh, they're yeah. doing. And it's very interesting that um is not getting in the side at the moment. Who, if you look at all the stats, like I saw a graph the other day, and it was like most through balls attempted into the opposition area, oh, I saw most through balls so, completed, yeah. and Buendia is so. Like off the charts, good at both of those things. I was just like, it's like, well, this is a player that needs to be getting to a a bigger team. I think. Um, anyway, I think we're both pretty much set on the same ways there because I think both of us have the same opinion of this Norwich team. We like them, but too naive. Too yeah. Young. Um, Brighton versus Palace, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go two one Brighton. Two one Brighton. Why? I just like Brighton. I don't, I don't think Palace have been in particularly good form either. So, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to go with my boys. Um, I'm going to turn against you here. I think Palace will yeah. win. 2-0, something like that. Um, I think Palace know how to grind out results um, in terms of they know how to... Uh, this team that Royals just put together, they defend well as a unit and they can hit you on the counter. Um, they did Newcastle at the weekend, who were not a good side, no. But Brighton have quietly, I think, been underperforming for the last couple of months or so. And we do keep saying that it's because of the culture and playing style reset that they're doing. But I just, I feel like Brighton, Palace are the type of team where Brighton are going to look at it and think, oh, we can get these guys, let's let's really go for it. And the type of team that Palace will undo on the counter, and I just think that we'll probably see... Bit of a Palace goal. I tell you what, if Will Sahar wants to get two goals for my fantasy team, dear Lord, we need them. Oh my life! Lost Harry, lost Harry Kane, lost everyone. Need Will Sahar. <laughs> um, right. This one, Bournemouth versus Chelsea. We were looking at these before the part, but I had to. Re- I reminded you that Chelsea lost four nil away from home to Bournemouth. Um, and against Maurizio Sarri and I didn't tell you this one as well that is incredible do you know what the do you know the previous home fixture under Antonio Conte 3-0 oh yeah I remember that game yeah Bournemouth have actually beat us at the bridge twice since coming up Glenn Murray also scored that's amazing yeah Um, they're a bit of a bogey team what are you going surely they can't do it again alright we're going for it alright okay go on then give me a score uh, I'm not going to go too ridiculous. One each. One each, one one. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, we've been better away from home than at home. Uh, and I'm, I'm not completely convinced about Bournemouth. So I think. I'm not at all convinced about Bournemouth. I Chelsea- just kind of want to see them take some points <laughs> off you. Chelsea aren't keeping a clean sheet regardless. So I can see this being. Um, I think Hudson Odoi apparently might be back at the weekend as well. That'd be good. So for you. if you've got Hudson Odoi and Williams, it's a bit more pace too. I see. I can see us winning two one. I think it'll be nervy and tight, but Chelsea need to start getting some points on the board, please. Let's get back to that previous good away for. Um, oh God. Yeah. The, the reason my why Mike's grown is the next game is Newcastle versus Burnley. Um, <laughs> nil nil. Nil nil. <laughs> um, I'm gonna dis. It- it's not going to be nil-nil, but I'll, I'll stick with it anyway, because it's funny. 
<laughs> I think uh, I think Burnley will win this. Um, I think quietly, Chris Wood's having a good season, and I also think Vidra, since he's been playing, he's been scoring goals, and but he also offers a bit something different to Ashley Barnes in that he can run around a bit and he can sometimes. I, f- I always feel like with Vidra, he's he's got a bit more about him when he's running off Wood, and I just think that. Um, I think it will be really close, but I think Burnley will edge it 1-0. Yeah, Vidra's been playing pretty well recently, yeah. hasn't he? Out of nowhere. Well, do you remember, me and you watched a Blues game years ago where... He was playing for Watford, yeah. Yeah, yeah and they won, Watford won 4-0, and he absolutely Hammond ran the show. Blues. And we were going, he's going to be such a top player. He's <laughs> had such a weird career since then. Very odd. It was him and Forestieri that day, we both were like... And Nate Chalaber, look, we we yeah. can certainly pick him. Um, West Ham versus Southampton. Let's, I don't even want to uh, talk about this one. Away win. Away win. How much? Two nil. Uh, do you know what? I don't. I absolutely agree. Yeah, I I can't. West Ham are just terrible. It's, I know. I know they. Uh, they're so bad. Gave Liverpool a bit of a scare, but uh, nah, not this I time. just don't understand. And it's at so the London bad. Stadium as well. Well, they're, they're terrible. West Ham is. Oh, they've got a good. They've got a great stadium. They've got a good squad. I don't I understand think why they're so argue bad. With the stadium point, but. Well, I mean, it's they didn't pay anything for it first and foremost, really, um, and it's also it's a good set of facilities. I mean, yeah, the track's ridiculous, but what do you expect? Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, that game is going to be. It's going to be a game that happens and is forgettable. <sighs> yeah. Um, Can't wait to be like seven six or something now. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, a few weeks ago, I can't remember which one I said was nil nil, and it was three two or something. <laughs> um, Brez, what have you got for Watford Liverpool? Does the, the the red trade march on? Yeah. How much? Three uh, nil. Three nil. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, I thought. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't think you were, you were coming out with a Dave there. <laughs> I think what's really interesting, though, and Watford actually have been one of the teams who played Liverpool the best. When they went to, when they went to Anfield, they actually um, played particularly well against them. However, I just think Watford's form under Pearson's now starting to wave a little bit, and I think it's just a bit of a going to be interesting. I think I could see him. I think I'm going to go with you three 0 But I, if I turned on. Teletext, do you remember Teletext? I do remember Teletext. God, it's great, wouldn't it? I, I'd turn on Teletext and see 7 nil. it wouldn't surprise me. No, that wouldn't shock me either, no. to be fair. Um, this is a slightly more interesting one. Um, Everton versus Man United. Two teams that are in relatively good form, as we've said in the pod. Two young attacking teams now. Um, how do you see this one going? Um, are you feeling confident? Mm, no... A bit more confident than I would have been about a month ago, but um, two two. Two two. Yeah, uh, I think Chelsea and United and Spurs are going to drop points this weekend, but we are about to get to Spurs, so I'm sorry about that. Ruined that a bit. Wow. I am looking at this thinking. Uh, I was going to say three two. Because I just think. Everton are a unique... Can't wait for Calvert-Lewin hat-trick. Yeah, Everton are a bit of a unique prospect, I think, for United. I just... I think Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin are really hitting form. And I think the signing of Fernandes has sort of masked a few of United's problems. I don't think they're particularly going to have enough up top. Um, I just... I don't know. I, I put, I'm just going to take a punt on 3-1 Everton. Just because I, I think I just I just have a funny I have a gut feeling it's a Dave instinct one, but it is there. Um, let's go. That's on. what this game's about. That's what this game's all about. Well, it would be boring if we all picked the same thing. We need someone to win it. Um, Spurs versus Wolves. Uh, yep, yeah. <clears throat> I like Nuno's boys. How much by? They're gonna get it done away at Spurs. Spurs just gonna sit there again. It's gonna be rubbish. <laughs> it's gonna be. Ah, two nil wolves. Oh, for God's sake, Mike! I was going to go two nil wolves. However, I I just think I think wolves might win one nil. 
which is odd. I don't think I don't feel like I've ever picked against Mourinho team so often as I have this season. Um, anyway, that's interesting. There are no games for Sheffield United or Arsenal because of the Carabao Cup final. Um, it just actually for David Harris, and I can't believe it's taken me this long. It is actually how many years today? Nine years. Is it nine? Is it really? It's Good nine news. years since Blues won the Carabao Cup final, thanks to another Femi Martin's goal, in a time, in what was an absolutely great day for football because Arsenal fans, oh, was beautiful. Was, Arsenal fans were so angry. Uh, Ross Dave was, was in my living room actually that day. Ross was, oh, what was he like? Oh, he was going mental, <laughs> as you can imagine. So was I, to be fair, but <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. Um, I was actually talking to uh, another friend of ours, Ross Bird, who's an Arsenal fan. He said he didn't talk to his family for three days. He was so <laughs> angry. <laughs> um, anyway, let's Carabao Cup final. Um, City versus Villa. It's only going one way, isn't it, really? Unfortunately, um, yeah. Do you want to have a, a prediction on this? Because this could be a cricket scoreline for me. Uh, 4-1. The, Vi- the Villa fans will have something to celebrate, but it's, uh, it's going to be a consolation goal, unfortunately. Um, City are going to be tight I would have thought I would have been like oh City will be tired from their midweek stuff City played um, City played Wednesday they're not playing till Sunday last time they played they smashed them 6-0 I think City are going to win this 5-0 I I just (coughs) Villa are terrible terrible well yeah I mean we watched this game at Villa Park, and it was what was it six one yeah. six nil, and I, I it was think, pretty brutal, wasn't it? I think the difference here you've got to have Aguero, with uh, he's going to have, want to something to prove. He's going to want to play well, and this might be David Silva's last chance to play for City in a cup final and to win something. So I think, I think City are going to want to go out on a high with that. Um, so we'll put those um, predictions out on Twitter, and um, you can play along too. And I think that will do it for this week. I know we said we would talk about Barcelona, but um, we kind of want to do that with Dave here because we know Dave has something to say about it. Um, as always. As always. <laughs> he probably... I, I dread to think of how he's going to say the Barca coach's name. <laughs> I really do. Um, anyway, Dave will be hopefully recovering from his hemorrhoids and we'll be back next week. Um, Mike, in the meantime, if the people want to find you and follow you, where can they? Um, at Mikey Breslin on Twitter um, but again I don't really use that very much so yeah. the best place to follow my uh, dreadful opinions is on uh, the In and Around page yep yeah, which is at In and Around Pod on Twitter um, you can follow me at Will Hunt 17 but as Mike says please don't please instead follow us at In and Around Pod because um, that's where most of the interesting tweets go out so I'm just tweeting nonsense over on my personal <laughs> one Um if you do enjoy the pod, it would be absolutely fantastic if you would uh, tell people, please. We want as many people to listen to our terrible opinions as possible and to ridicule Dave for saying Diego Simone. <laughs> um, and also, we're now up on Spotify, Apple and the trusty SoundCloud that we've been on for a while. Um, if you want to like and subscribe us in those various places and if you really do enjoy the pod, please leave a review because it's a massive help. Um, and thanks for joining us again. I know me and you, every time we do one of these one-on-one pods, the fireside chats, as we like to call them, um, we always say that we're going to go a bit, we always say that we're going to try and crack them out in 45 minutes and do a mini pod, and we always end up having a bit more to say. Here so, we are, um, an hour and ten. Yeah. <laughs> so um, thanks thanks for joining us, guys, and um, we'll see you next week, hopefully. Yes, yeah, sweet. All right, bye.